Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lynn Sanity Podcast, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before uh, we get into the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to you incredible listeners. Uh, for being willing to listen to our podcast throughout the network. Uh, please don't be afraid to rate, review, subscribe to those podcasts, comment on reviews. Um, you know, we appreciate the social engagements that we've been getting uh, on the TikTok and uh, and all of that stuff that we've been receiving. Uh, there was plenty of chatter, Bryce, on the uh, Shanahan, uh, Shanahan uh, bite that we had. And, uh, you know, people had their uh, fair share of opinion on that. So don't be afraid to uh, continue that those uh, those conversations. Uh, I know Alex Burr, uh, our producer, is, uh, you know, working through that, trying to help us out with putting some stuff on different social platforms, uh, or I'm trying to put stuff on our social platforms. Uh, so we're, we're, we're trying to make it uh, to where it can be accessible for you to listen, whether it's clips and uh, who knows, maybe it can get you to listen to a uh, a full episode. And Bryce, today we, uh, we're, we're going into the West Coast. Uh, we're going into the after dark uh, before it might not be after dark for too much longer. Yeah, but we always love a good uh, a good Pac-12 after dark game, especially in football. Basketball, a little bit different. Not so much willing to stay up as often to watch these games, but you know, every once in a while, get a good uh, Saturday afternoon game for the Pac-12, but Pac-12 be no more soon, Caleb. Yeah. Be no more soon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to look very different, uh, and I, I, it'll be interesting to see just kind of how these departures impact the schools that are going to stay in the conference and then how the schools in the conference either get better or maybe get worse. Uh, but right now we're just going to talk about what we know uh, in the conference. And right now, Bryce, uh, the Arizona Wildcats are the team to beat in the conference, fourth ranked in the country, uh, 20 and five, Tommy Lloyd, the coach, Tommy Lloyd also with a nice extension uh, over the week. And, uh, Bryce, this is an Arizona team that, uh, you know, look, they've always been kind of in the tournament hunt. Uh, they've always been a top. feels like they have always stuck to that top two to three seed. Uh, realistically, have, have just been really, really strong this year. Undefeated at home. Uh, winners of six in a row. Uh, you know, when you when you look at Arizona and what they are as a team, where they are nationally, what, what do you, what do you see? Are you buying? Are you selling? Where are you with the Wildcats? Um, well, they've had a nice season. Tommy Lloyd, like, uh, you know, has done a nice job, earned himself a nice little bag. Um, you know, they have really quality wins. Uh, you know, they beat Duke, they beat Michigan state. Uh, they beat Wisconsin, uh, you know, but they've also had some slip up against ranked teams. And normally if you lose, it, it, you know, you want to lose against ranked teams. Washington State is a ranked team right now. Um, you know, took an L to FAU, who they, you know, by one, who they've been tough all year uh, hanging around. They lost to Purdue, uh, and it wasn't a blowout. So, I mean, they they have quality losses amongst quality wins. Um, the only concerning part, Caleb, for me is they're 13-0 and at home, but they haven't been – as good on the road, you know, five and three on the road, still a winning record, still good, um, but a little concerning when they move away um, from from their home court 
you know, is that going to play a factor in March? I don't know. But what I do know is Tommy Lloyd is going to have his team ready to play. Caleb Love has been outstanding for them after we thought, uh, you know, Caleb, we, we kind of left him for dead a little bit. Absolutely. We left him for dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were like, okay, this does nothing. But uh, 19 points, five rebounds, three assists, uh, shooting 43% from the field, 35% from three. Not a bad little season there for Caleb Love. No, there. it's not. No, it's not. Bryce, how damning is it for, for your guy Hubert to see what love is, uh, has been providing this season? I mean, like you said, you and I both were just, you know, we didn't really see it um, with him being, a, you know, and, and I guess it's one thing, Bryce, to be a good college basketball player. It's another thing to be a good college basketball player, a top option, and help your team to a strong season. Mm-hmm. That. I would never have guessed with Caleb Luff. You could have told me he was a decent player, but never leading the number four team in, in basketball. I mean, what is, I mean, to me, it's, it's so damning of Hubert because Tommy all of a sudden gets him into a system and it's like a more efficient, smarter, wiser player is currently there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily bad on Hubert Davis because it's kind of worked out for him. I mean, they're a top ranked team in the country. You know, I mean, there was the the rumors of a rift between R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. And that could, if it's true, could definitely play a factor in Caleb Love moving on. And maybe that, you know, separating them, Love exiting the program could have been a positive change for UNC. And that's kind of the way it's looking. You know, uh, you know, a program that had a very, very lackluster season after making the national championship game. Uh, it was national. And, yeah. and now they're back being, you know, one of the top ranked, you know, teams in the country with Bay Cotton Davis, you know, yeah. a core of their group. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how bad it looks on, on, uh, on Hubert Davis at all, but I mean, it, it's good that Caleb Love found a nice place to be. Um, I think it's incredibly, um, you know, I think, I mean, what's the word here? Um, I think it's impressive that Tommy Lloyd was able to land a guy like that and have him be an impact player on this team and, and, you know, basically lead them to being a top ranked team in the country as well. Yeah. I I mean, they, uh, I mean, look, you look at this team last season. Right. I mean, it's it's got a similar construction, not, you know, identical necessarily, but it's similar. Um, And they replaced love with Kirk Reese. And I mean, let me just tell you right now, what a what a home run. I mean, Kreese, such a hit and miss player for them. Bryce, And they go in, they get this, they get Caleb Love at 19 a game. And, you know, Bryce, they they came out this year and last year they had. You know, a, a very, you know, they had Mathurin currently on the Pacers and Coloco and the two of them go, they leave uh, for the NBA. And now, Bryce, I mean, you got, I mean, this team is just stacking talent, particularly internationally mm-hmm. with guys like Balo and Larson. I mean, mm-hmm. Balo to me, Bryce, is one of the only big men who can honestly hold his own from a physical standpoint against players like Edie. And if you were like, okay, you know, you thought like the way I do, that is, you know, that I feel like Purdue might be that team. 
I mean, Arizona is the type of team. I, I, if you gave them a rematch, I would have a difficult time not looking at Arizona to beat a team like Purdue because I feel like they can match them in size. They can match them in speed. And I mean, this might come off as a debate, but I, I, I mean, you could convince me Tommy Lloyd over Painter. Uh, I mean, Caleb, given, given the tournament history of Matt Painter, sure, absolutely you could. Absolutely you could. And, you know, Tommy Lloyd's feeling pretty good coming off, you know, the extension. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you could definitely make an argument for that. Arizona could definitely make some noise in the tournament here. Yeah, you know, and, and, and they're, they're, they've got, you know, they went out, they got a couple transfers uh, to help that team out. Certainly when you look at Kashad Johnson, you look at Jaden Bradley, guys have been able to step up for them in different ways. And uh, they've also been able to get some guys like Boswell, Con Boswell, uh, KJ Lewis, guys that have uh, turned into, you know, I mean, Boswell, they redshirted. Lewis, they picked up as a big, you know, as a big recruit for them this year. Um, you know, Lloyd is... I mean, look, he, he's got that train rolling. I mean, right now, I mean, if you're going to pick on him, he, 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 you know, they are pretty young under him. Uh, but, you know, what he's been able to do, uh, despite all of that, is remarkable. He set the NCAA record for his first two seasons with 61 wins. I mean, Sean Miller's situation put them in a really difficult spot. But, I mean, Lloyd is, again, 61 and 11 in his first two years. I mean, I, I got to think at some point we're talking a deep tournament run here and uh, well, we'll uh, see where it goes uh, next up, uh, you know, talk about something I wouldn't have put on my bingo card. The Wa- Washington state Cougars uh, second in the conference. Uh, I mean, they are, they are playing with an interesting little back, interesting little front court here Four guys up at double figures for them. Bryce. This was a Washington State team that lost a ton, you know, a couple big time transfers in Bamba to Villanova. And they they had a couple guys leave the team. And typically when that happens, Bryce, we just kind of see teams fold. We see teams mm-hmm. fold. We don't see teams respond necessarily. But this Washington State team, I mean, they are they're competitive. They're competitive. And I, I think they will give some teams fits because of the amount of size that they're gonna put out there. Three guys at six eight is gonna be tricky to defend. I mean, the experience in the backcourt might be a concern, but I mean, regardless, what what a year for, for the uh, Washington State Cougars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you talk about kind of coming out of nowhere and, and led by, you know, that some of that youth, Miles Rice, uh, you know, at guard, 16 points a game, uh, three rebounds, three rebounds, four assists, not bad, very efficient from the field for the most part as well. Uh, I mean, when you can get when you can mix a little bit of youth with a little bit of of uh, of old, I guess, if you want to say, you know, you, you got you got a little something there. And I think you're kind of seeing it. But here's what I will say, Caleb. I'm not going to lie to you. Hmm. I think this is a little bit of a product of the schedule. Interesting. A little bit of a product of the schedule. If I told you, here's what I will tell you. So they, Washington State has played one ranked opponent. Wow. And that was Arizona Wildcats. And they actually won by three. Uh, And that was at at home. They were at home when they beat them. And they play Arizona one more time. They actually play them tomorrow, uh, Caleb. Tomorrow at 11 p.m. 
11 p.m. on FS1. Good late night game. Yeah. Yep, at Arizona. So I think that's going to be another interesting test for them. But, I mean, when you look at the losses, Santa Clara, Mississippi mm. State, mm. Utah, Colorado, who's kind of on the bubble right now in, in uh, bracketology, Oregon, Cal, and OT. You're not you loving quality, that. No, no. And, and, and again, obviously, you're not going to win every game. But, you know, it's, you know, when you're playing Boise State and Grambling and, you know, Stanford, Washington, Oregon State, even Pac-12 is just not good this season. Hmm. You know, so somebody had to be good. And, and Washington State, granted, is taking advantage of their opportunity. No disrespect. Yeah, yeah. So but at the same time, you have to look at it from a certain place here. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to see kind of where the you know where the committee might have this team falling. You know, would you put would you put them into the would you put them in the five seed category? Are you going to put them a little? Are you going to put them as a six? I mean, like you said, the non conference hasn't been that great for them. Um, and you know, you could you know again when you've won seven in a row. I mean, you also got to factor in maybe some potential peaking here. I mean, I, 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 you know, if if you're seven in a row, it's going to be difficult to sustain that. I mean, it's just a fact. Um, and if a team is going to, you know, come in there and and like you said, with the way that this conference is, maybe it's possible that somebody's going to sneak up on you uh, and take away that uh, that conference tournament or take away a decent conference record. I mean, I got to think they should be able to take care of business against 500 Arizona State and at home the USC. Maybe go. I mean, if you can go, what, uh, eight of Liga 10, you're doing pretty good. Uh, so, I, 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 I mean, I, you're right. I mean, the team's got to take advantage of it. And maybe, yeah, I mean, the conference isn't that great. It's not going to be that great. It's not necessarily the, uh, the brightest of the brightest this year. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, next up, man, I, uh, I really like Dana Waltman. I'm going to tell you something right now. These last couple of years have not been good for the Stucks team. 17 and 8. Uh, I I just, I mean, Bryce, that was a hot second. I mean, we're talking probably you and I in college looking at this Oregon Duck team, you know, as a legitimate powerhouse. I mean, you had guys like Dylan Brooks and, you know, Jordan Bell and, and loaded, loaded Oregon teams. And the talent of these Oregon teams, especially the Oregon team they have this year, is still very high. I mean, you look at guys like Kwame Evans and Mookie Cook, two guys that are highly recruited. Dante was a guy highly recruited. Uh, I mean, I could go on. This team has the talent. That is not the problem, in my opinion, with the Ducks. They just have not been performing to expectations. And I, I wonder what will happen because the Ducks have money. They have an ability to go out and get guys. When you have the brand that you know that Nike does and will give Oregon, uh, I would have to think that's going to benefit you in a million different ways. I mean, how? I mean, what what are you doing right now if you're the Ducks? I mean, how how are you evaluating the season and just kind of where you go from here? I mean, they're not out of they're not out of a tournament spot, in my opinion. They have a chance to make a run here. Uh, you got Stanford, Cal. Oregon State, three very bad teams in the Pac-12. Then you go on the road to Arizona, face Colorado, who's another bubble tournament team, and then Utah. So, I mean, like, you have an opportunity 
you know, these last six games to solidify, to potentially solidify an at-large bid, you know, from, from the committee. Yeah. Yeah. If if you can win, what, what would you say, Caleb, like five out of those six, maybe even four? I mean, I, with a yeah. decent showing, because if, you, if, you, if you, you know, if you be, yeah, yeah, you, you, you have a nice, you, you get five of those six. I would argue the Colorado game is a must win. And I would argue the Utah game is a must win. Yeah. Uh, for them in terms of bubbles. But, uh, yeah, that's not crazy to me. If you, you know, five, six, you get hot. And, yeah, I mean, and we know Altman's crazy. a good tournament coach. Uh, yes, we do. You yes. know, like we, we've had several of those, even though you mentioned all that talent, Caleb, they, they were usually slept on teams anyway. And Altman yeah. just knows yeah. how, to, how to get these guys. He, he's a, like I said, he's a good tournament coach. Just, he's kind of like Larinaga. When you count them out, you know, he kind of just, he does that little surprise thing. Like, oh, hey, yeah. I'm still yeah. one of the better college, or, you know, college basketball coaches. Y'all yeah. just forgot about me because we had a lackluster season. Hmm. You know, 17 and eight is not a bad record at all. It's not, no. a, it's not the worst no. place to be. Right. In comparison to like UCLA or, you know, someone else in this conference, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tricky. It. Be- they're, they're a team that, you know, you are right. There's definitely talent here, but you know, can they put it, can they put it together? Can they make enough things happen? I mean, currently right now, um, I'm so going to botch this last name. Uh, Jermaine Cousinard right now, senior that's good. Chicago. Uh, I mean, shout out Indiana product five years, five year guy, five year guy for them. I'd have been a lead guard for this team and Evans, you know, look, this was a player that was, you know, top, you know, top of the class level good. He, he was, you know, a very sought after talent. And, you know, sometimes we see those talents shine through late in the season as they get used to what they can be. And uh, I, I, that's not a player I'd be shocked by if we talk about in the next week or so as we follow these, comp- as we look through these conference tournaments here coming up sooner rather than later. And just seeing the way that these the way that these guys are going to come in and the way these guys are going to play, I, I mean this this Ducks team. You're right with Dana Allman. They're always going to have a chance because he's at the helm. But I mean, man, I, I mean, they, I think they got to make a tournament. I really think they got to make a tournament. I, I, I just I, to go from what they were to go, you know, and then all of a sudden, like the whole Kalel Ware thing, all of a sudden mm-hmm. Kalel Ware goes mm-hmm. to Indiana, his stock goes right back up, and then it's like, oh. You know what happens, um, man. This season, I, I it's really crucial for them, in my opinion. Uh, next up, the uh, UCLA Bruins. Which, my God, you want to talk oh, about a season? Lord, I mean, they. This is oh, this God. is a. You might as well want to put it on a reality show for your guy. I mean, uh, your your guy Cronin. I mean, what? This was a. Uh, no, you like Cronin too. I I like Cronin, but you're a bigger you're a bigger no, you're, guy you're, than I am. You are you are a bigger Cronin. It's guy. fine, but don't act like you don't. I'm like not. Cronin. I'm not. Like I mean, what's going? Look here. I don't know what I, what's going on with you. See, like Mick Cronin, a guy that I just would have figured would have kept things going, but like he had the train moving. You know, shoot, he might have his eyes on Ohio State. Apparently, I mean, what what's. I mean, the, the Bruins are just an absolute mess. They're Sebastian Mack had this nasty foul uh, yeah. earlier this week. Just like just brutal. I mean, just not okay. Um, 
I mean, they are they are a mess in my opinion. Yeah, they are absolutely a mess. And no, no I can actually I, I actually got a beat on this. Mick Cronin will not be going to Ohio State. I think they found their guy, Caleb. So, uh, uh, okay. Okay. Fortunately, I think it's going to be Sean Miller. Sean so, Miller. Yeah, that's the, that's the word on the street. You you like it? You like it? You I, like it? Uh, well, he's very familiar with paying players, so uh, so yeah. Who knows? You know, he'll know how to spend it correctly. You know, so I guess we'll see. But that's the word on the street. It's going to be Sean Miller after the season. He will take over. Um, so Mick Cronin could be looking elsewhere, potentially. I don't know. Just, yeah. Weird season. Not something that you'd expect out of Mick Cronin yeah. really seemed like he was building something there, but you know, um, you know, Hawkins is gone now. That was kind of his guy. Um, Juzang obviously left a couple seasons before that. Just not, not what you would expect in kind of a almost wide open pack 12. You know, um, you kind of expected a little bit more out of out of Bona, who had a nice season last year. I, um, I agree. Just not there. Just not there. And maybe maybe it is the lack of veterans that he has on this team. No. Um, I don't know. They put, they put their money on internet, a lot of international talent. They, they did, which is kind of unlike him. It is. And I don't know what has led to that. I don't know what the uh, decisions were for that, but I mean, their international talent has not been what they've expected. It no. just, it just hasn't. They, they, they are not, I mean, there's only a couple guys that I think that can coach like that, you know, and really rely on it. And it's the guy that we just talked about and Tommy Lloyd. And you go look for any big in any part of the country, in any part of the world. Matt Payton. Other than that, not a lot of guys can build and coach teams internationally. Well, Mark Few. Mark Few's few, few, sure. Few, sure. But I mean, Lloyd and Lloyd was under few, you know, so. Yeah. I, but this, this was, this is, this is not a, this is not a good, this is not a good look for Cronin. I mean, and if, and if Cronin, if Cronin leaves after the season, I, I mean. Is he, co- is he still flag. coveted though? I, I think somebody would look at him, you know, somebody who, uh, you know, a Midwest school, mm-hmm. I would argue, would look at him a more of a blue. Co- I mean, UCLA, I just don't look at UCLA as just this incredibly blue collar buying into Nick Cronin's physicality, you know, in the way that he wants his teams to play. I mean, I still look at Nick Cronin like he's in Cincinnati. I, that's the same guy for me. And yeah. I just don't know if that's going to fit. In the past. Now, I mean, I get it that he's going to the Big Ten. Maybe that does help him. But at some point, you might consider it and seeing where the money is. I do think there'd be some level of interest depending on the job. But, I mean, look, he, he, he has not done a good job. This team has not been very good. They put a lot of money into this group, and they have not delivered. And, uh, I mean, they're not close to an NCAA tournament team. They got no business being an NCAA tournament team. They're 14 and 12. Um that's the disaster season. Disaster season. Uh, Bryce, you mentioned Colorado earlier. Colorado is, yes, they are on the bubble. Uh, they're an interesting group. They got four guys in double, they got about four guys in double figures, right? And they are a team that uh, they've got a couple things, right? They got 
uh, Simpson, averaging 19 a game. Lampkin, uh, who you, you'd remember Our for guy, Lampkin. who I, yeah, he's uh, a nice boy. player for them. Uh, they, they have Justin De Silva. Uh, they have uh, Cody Williams, uh, Jalen Williams, uh, the uh, small forward, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, Jalen Williams' brother. Um, this is a team that has a lot of offensive pieces, Bryce. Uh, but if we're just going to be frank, I mean, this is underachieving for Colorado. Colorado was not supposed to be this bad. Colorado was supposed to be a legitimate NCAA tournament team. And they have not, absolutely not, performed to the expectations given to them this year. I mean, I mean, the Buffs, the Buffs have just proven over the last year that they can't match hype. Oh, yeah, that seems to be the name of the game, right? Uh, but I will say this. The Buffs have had a better basketball season than they did football season. You can say that for sure. So, yeah, imagine I mean, they, at least that. they got that going for them. But, I mean, you're yeah. putting together, uh, you know, some talent. Because um, wasn't De Silva at Texas Tech last season? Am I wrong on De that? Silva, De Silva, this De Silva was all Colorado. Okay. This guy okay, was all I Colorado. I was wrong. Okay, no, he, I was he, wrong then. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, yes, there was a De Silva at Texas Tech last year. Okay. But, this this kid has been kind of a mainstay for them. Thirty minutes, you know, start a starting level guy for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, other than that, I mean, but what do you what do you really expect out of a Colorado basketball team year in and year out, though? This year tournament, no doubt. They, there's too much talent on this team. Yeah, but but they're I mean they're right there. I mean, if you I mean you look at their schedule, right? Utah, Cal, Stanford, Oregon, Oregon State. I don't see why they can't go five and zero. Utah, California, Stanford, Oregon, Oregon State. They'll probably need to to get in the tournament. Yeah, and I, I mean, think, I think it's surely possible. I think it's surely possible. That Oregon game will be hard. If if Oregon shows yeah. any signs of life, that game's that yeah. game's tough. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're right. That's it. After that, that's it. Which, by the way, oh, yeah, by no. the way, I'm not going to let anyone sit here and mock me for Oregon State. Call me the king of the Pac-12. Give me that crown. Give me that. Trophy. No, they owned you that. Put a mark. Put a mark. Come back no, COVID. no, no. I can't. Oregon oh, State. No, Oregon this State. Is, I can totally come back. What did I say? I said it was them. the luckiest. I said it was the luckiest You're run. Ridiculous. The luckiest run I've ever seen. You're ridiculous. The luckiest run well, I've ever they, seen. Well, they in the last you. two years, they've been totally out of the They owned you that year. <laughs> they've owned you. Give it up, Lynn. Give it no, up. I, no, I'm Give not, not going to own that. I'm not going to own it because I said the part I was tired of was the fact that this Oregon State team was incredibly, uh, it was like, oh my gosh, this team was so good. His program set in the right direction. I said, this is this is just such a fraudulent tournament run. This thing wasn't going to go anywhere. This was the most frustrating tournament run I have ever experienced. I have ever experienced. I hated all of it. Take and, it all, and, I, and, I'm, and you know what? I, you know what? And I'm right. I'm right. It's a fraudulent run. Tinkle could be on the hot seat. I mean, he just led this team to the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16, not too long ago when he could be out of jail. I mean, come on. I got to give that. I got to give that shout out because Lord knows we aren't going to talk about Oregon State uh, on this podcast. No, we're not. I, I, I no, have to not. give that a shout out. Um, uh, Bryce, another team we, we got in the Pac-12. I'm kind of curious for your thoughts. And we talked about him earlier in the year, uh, kind of in the preview 
Uh, but, you know, this USC Trojan team, I mean, my God. <laughs> Andy Enfeld, 4-11 in the conference, 10 and 16 overall, 1-8 oh, on the road. I mean, Bryce, this USC team was projected in the se- before the season as being a legitimate conference favorite. They go out and get multiple transfers, and, you know, they keep, they, they get multiple starters. They get Dennis Rodman's son, DJ yeah. Rodman, from yeah. Washington State. Yeah. Just asking a friend, yeah. would you rather be at Washington State being the 21st-ranked team in the country or currently sitting with the record of four and eleven in conference play and ten and sixteen overall. <laughs> I mean, Bryce, this is a this is a season that is a mess, a total mess. From USC, uh, they put what? I mean, I can't imagine how much money they put into this team, and they have just fallen. I mean, there is nothing to be terribly optimistic about with the Trojans. Yeah, I mean, not that it, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made, but I mean, Isaiah Collier being injured, yeah, obviously missing games. He's missed six games this season. Obviously, didn't help. But I'll tell you what, the kid's been balling since he's been back. Oh, he's good. You know, oh, he's, he's launching himself in in the NBA mock drafts. Yes, uh, which I mean is a good sign, and, and he is a good player, a very good player. Yes, he is. Ellis, another yes. good player that has that you know has come back for you know. Another season, um, but the the elevate there hasn't been any elevated play from other guys. You know, DJ Rodman. Yes, he's on this team, but you know how much how, how much is he really giving you? Even though he shoots pretty pretty well from the field, it just isn't doing enough. You know, and obviously we know the big reason why USC is getting PR at all. A ten and sixteen college basketball team is getting or any sort of PR. It's because Bronny James is on the team who plays the equivalent of a half a game in minutes and averages six points, three rebounds, and three assists and shoots 27.5% from three and 62% from the free throw line. I see the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And no, this isn't hate. It's the expectations that have been set for this team and for Bronny James and the fact that people think that Bronny James is going to be it could potentially come out in the draft this season. And it's laughable. He's a lottery pick, Chris. No, he's not. Is that a lottery pick? Give me someone who is teammates with Victor Wembanyama from his French team and over, over Bronny James. How about that? You like that? You like that? <laughs> I mean, look, it, it wasn't a good season. And you're right. It's really not. He's all. I mean, the, there was a ton of hype around him that he can't really, I mean, can't really control it. Um, and you know, he look. You know, I, my guess is he might come back next year. At least he should. Now he should. He, it's not he, a if. They, well, or 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 maybe move out. Maybe get a change of scenery. Maybe going somewhere else kind of allows you to be yourself, and you find a situation that makes sense for you. I'm not sure, but I mean, this <laughs> USC Trojan team. I mean, yeah, they, they, they've been a mess. I mean, seven and six, one and, one and eight on the road, one and eight on the road. That is not going to cut That's abysmal. I mean, you, you cannot expect to do anything in college basketball uh, with the one and eight record on the road. And uh, I mean, that, that type of team, Bryce, was supposed to be decent, all things considered. I don't know how good they were supposed to be, but they're supposed to be decent. And that's a team that's just completely fallen off the cliff. And that's the majority of this conference. I mean... The teams we we didn't touch on, you know, California's under the uh, under a first year coach, Arizona State uh, with uh, with with Harley. I mean, that 
problems galore. Stanford, you you look at you look at their situation. I mean, they you know they might be good every so often, but you know on a consistent basis, they've never been a huge threat. Washington under Hopkins, Washington has been as I think has been very much underachieving over the last couple of years, and I don't think that's going to get any better once they move to the Big Ten. I mean, the bottom half of this conference is not giving you any really any hope, you know. And and if they move forward to the Big Ten, I'll just be frank. I think it's only going to get worse. I think it's only going to get worse in basketball. I really do. I mean, maybe in football, one of these teams shine. I mean, I think Oregon's, you know, a pretty good football program. I mean, USC will get you money. I'm just not sure they'll get you wins. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think there's a, uh, this, this conference is a lot to answer. This conference is a lot to answer. Arizona's carrying the load for this conference, in my opinion. They're one of my teams, Bryce. You know, you kind of make a list of who you think could win it all. I would have Arizona on that list. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, other than that, they just don't have a lot of room for another team, really, in my opinion, to do anything. If they did, it would be truly a shock. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, just a sad—I'm just overall just sad— that Pac-12 is having a showing like this and, you know, basically yeah, it's bad. It's, it just makes me sad, man. This makes me sad because this is normally a fun basketball conference. You know? Yes. Yes. So, yes. You have the same, point. you have the same amount. I mean, imagine us saying this, the Pac-12 has the same amount of teams projected in the NCAA tournament as the American athletic conference and the West coast conference. The West Coast Conference typically only has two teams every year, right? Gonzaga, St. Mary's. American, Houston's out of the picture. Uh, you know, so it's like, okay, you're kind of just searching for a little bit. Not necessarily sure what that looks like in the American. But the Pac-12, there should be enough stability here where you would think the program could get, you know, this conference could get more than two teams. But we will, we will have to see whether the conference finishes the uh, last month or so, last stretch of show. Uh, before the uh, the conference tournaments, uh, next week we got the uh, we got it. We got an interesting podcast. Got an interesting podcast next week. We're going to talk some ACC, and we're going to talk through some mid majors that are you know stacking out to us in the poll. Maybe not in the poll, but maybe outside the poll. Uh, who could be who could be interesting? I mean, because look, that is a part of the game, right? It is. I mean, like you know, and I've talked about this with Bryce. I mean. I'm sorry that no one gives a freaking rip about the Sun Belt Conference. I'm sorry. No, no, we don't need to give a ton of rip about the Sun Belt Conference and college football. We don't need to do that. It's not realistic that a Sun Belt undefeated team is going to beat a 500 power five. This is the fact. But in mid-majors, Bryce, in my opinion, college basketball, you can have mid-majors be legitimately good. So. I, I'm excited to dive into that a little bit. Just kind of go through some teams that we like, things that you know, teams that are sticking out to us that have had good seasons. Because again, you look at the Mountain West; they they've got plenty of teams. They got six. Look at a team like Dayton inside the top twenty-five. You know, there, there's there's a lot of Missouri Valley, Indiana State, Drake. There's a lot of conversation to be had on some of these mid-major teams. And you look at some of these teams, right? We're not talking about like. Low seeds here. We're talking San Diego State four seed. We're talking Utah State seven seed. Like these teams are ready to play. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mid majors are the biggest wild cards 
that you see, because even sometimes when we talk about some of the best mid majors and we expect them to kind of beat, you know, yep. a power five, yep. then they don't. But th- it, then it's the ones that we don't talk about that surprise you, <laughs> you know? Yep. So a lot of, uh, we're getting some new mid majors, which I'm kind of excited yep. about, like newer yep. ones that we, you know, like Indiana state. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're competing. Here, they're here, competing. Here's what I saw today, Caleb. And this is this is a very early projection, honestly. Uh, so, yeah. so like obviously this probably won't hold, but I thought it would be interesting. It had Indiana State as a 12 seed. Oh wow! And then they had Wisconsin as a five seed. Oh wow! And I <laughs> that's a cool I turned, And I turned to, to Zach. I turned to Zach at work. <laughs> I said. If Wisconsin, if this ha- if this matchup happened and Wisconsin lost Indiana State, we may we may never hear from Ryan Gregory again. <laughs> Poor Ryan Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if they, you're right. If if Wisconsin played it, I mean, overall, Ryan's been pretty quiet on the Badgers. I've not heard him talk about the Badgers a ton with college basketball this year. But yeah, that's one of those. That'd be hard for him to cover. Though, though Indiana State should get more respect at that because they they do have a nice team. But regardless, I if that was, a, I, if they, I mean, I would, I mean, I understand you wouldn't want to lose to them, but at the same time, I don't think they're that bad. But right now, we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll dig into those because uh, I mean, Bryce is right. There's we can talk about top mid major teams, and we're going to do that, right? Because that's who we think could make runs. But at the same time it's always the sneaky team that we don't necessarily think about or that team that steals a bid because they got hot late that we don't really, we're not going to catch now. We'll catch when we get it there. You know, like for example, Richmond um, was a team that snuck up uh, in the last couple of years and was able to take a bid that nobody thought they were going to take. And obviously we'll talk about that whenever that comes, but you know, our focus, we're going to try to hit on the mid-majors we genuinely think can make runs. And you're right, Bryce. I think a lot of them can. Um, you, look through the, you look through that top 25, there's plenty of them. So it'll be, it'll be, fun, to, it'll be fun to see, fun to dissect. And uh, yeah, once again, thank you for listening to the uh, Lynn Sandy podcast. And uh, don't be afraid to rate, review, subscribe, and enjoy all the other podcasts on our platform.